A book series is never truly over. The story lives on even when the final page has been turned. Richard Denny. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Quick little plug for our website before we get into the podcast. We've got blog posts. We've got all the episodes you could want to listen to. Go to writingrootspodcast.com and check it out. Today we are talking about series and sequels. The single best ingredient in a successful author is the fact that they have more than one book. If you really want book A to sell, write book B, and that will help book A sell. We've talked about being a fan of you as an author more than being a fan of a particular book. Series are a great indicator for a successful author's career. So what should I include in my book to make sure that people are interested in buying the next one? Should I just not solve the problem in the story? No, solve the problem. I like to look to Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn for this. The first book ended well enough that you could be satisfied with the ending without a sequel. So when you are writing the first book in what could be a series, it needs to be strong enough to stand alone, but with open-ended questions that you can answer in upcoming books. Now, there are two basic kinds of series. There's the episodic series, which means you can read them in pretty much any order. It doesn't make a huge difference. We're looking at Jack Reacher is a pretty obvious one in that regard. James Bond, same thing. As compared to a climactic series, where you really have to have read the first book in the series before the second one really makes sense. That's more like your Mistborn series or perhaps Harry Potter. So how do you decide whether you're going to go for episodic or climactic? A lot of that has to do with not only what you're writing, but what you're reading. If you tend to read a lot in one particular style, your instincts are going to fall into that category. So it all depends on what you're going for. And the marketing for each style is going to be different. I'd like to thank Marvel for, in the last decade or so, redefining series. Because Even though it's more or less episodic, because you've got Doctor Strange is doing his thing over here and then the Guardians of the Galaxy are doing their thing over here, they all interconnect in this almost fan service kind of way where you recognize what's going on if you've seen the other movies, but you don't need to have seen the other movies in order to follow the plot of this one. You heard her mention fan service. If you don't know what fan service is, here's a quick little look at it. It is basically a writer, company, production company, whatever, who takes a look at what the fans want, what they're writing about, what they're pushing for, and using those elements to help develop the future of their story, the future of the universe. Yeah, you see this kind of thing happen in Stephen King a lot, where in Pet Cemetery they're referencing Cujo which is another one of his books. Just, oh, I heard there was a rabid dog, you know, in the next town over, whatever. I like to do this because 
It makes me as an author giggle. The next book to be slated to be released after Friday and Monday is Linked, in which one of the characters pretends to be a reporter. She takes on the name of the main reporter character in the black and white series in order to get through this door and do her thing. The audience who hasn't read the Chroma series will just think it's a reporter name and they move on. But the people who have might giggle, hopefully as much as I do. But that kind of detail helps your fans connect your books. Yeah, that's the other half of fan service is the little nods and the Easter eggs that are sprinkled throughout a book or production that a person can look at and go, I know what that's from. And they get excited because they're a fan of the whole universe, not just the one single book. So if you are writing a series that is episodic, or if you're like me where you write a bunch of different things that take place around a bunch of different characters in a bunch of different worlds, nodding to each other in some way, so long as it's realistic and subtle, is something you can have a lot of fun with to help your fans recognize how much they love you and all of the different elements that you have to offer. So let's get into how to develop a series or sequels to your book. One reason why you want to consider having that is because if they like one book, a person will often look at the other options from the author. It's often a good idea if you are self-publishing to have a bunch of books out before you really start to push the marketing side of things so that people can find one book and go, hey, I like this author. Let's go look and see if they have anything else. And if you don't have anything else right away, they might forget about you. It's also really nice because if you find someone who is a fellow fan of whatever book series, especially if they're episodic, you can trade books. My best friend in the latter part of high school and college was a huge Brian Jakes fan. He wrote the Redwall series. So I had read a handful of them and she had read a handful of them. We got to trade off and we got to talk about it. And it built a community of his fans, even though he had nothing to do with the conversation. The way he structured his series made it easy for us to be fans of him. But if you release a book and you don't have the next book, at least draft form completed, don't promise that there will be a next book. If you might not be able to deliver, do not promise. Yeah, I've seen one too many times where authors get excited about their story, and then they go through all the work after they've finished writing their first draft. They go through all the work of marketing and selling the first and second book, and by the time the third book comes around, they're exhausted by it. They've chewed on it so much because of the process that they just aren't interested in the story anymore. This can damage your reputation as an author and hurt your relationship with your fans. And on the editing side of things, it's a good idea to let your editor know where you want to go so that they can edit properly for the whole outlook on the series, not just that one book. And this is more the climactic structure. If you're doing the episodic structure, hopefully it won't make as much of a difference because your main character should be the same at the beginning of the story and the end of the story. Something I will advise anyone, if you have the series written out, or at least the first three books, try to go with the same publishing team the entire time. 
That includes the same narrators for your audiobook, especially the same editor. You want to maintain this style flavor through all of them. You see this actually in the Harry Potter series with how many times they changed director. Each director had their own style for what they wanted to present in the Harry Potter movies, and it didn't work. I know those are movies, but the same thing can apply. So the editor does have a lot of influence on how a book develops. And changing editors, changing production teams can change the style of a book. And to do that mid-series doesn't always turn out well, because the reader may have really liked the style, and all of a sudden it's different, and they wonder what happened. One of the things that I've recently started that I enjoy that I've seen in several other books that I've read is little teasers at the end of books. So you kind of get a little taste of what's happening in the next book, whet your appetite, go out and find the next book and purchase it. To do this, you really have to have that draft done. You need to have your editor look at whatever teaser you're going to put into the book so that they can edit it give it its final version so that there aren't inconsistencies between this little teaser at the end of the book and the beginning of the actual next book. And in the episodic style, they don't always do it with the next book. They'll do it with the third book in the series when you're reading book five because the order doesn't matter. And you might just have picked up number five because it was at the airport. Or I've seen in Rick Riordan's Heroes of Olympus books, he has teases to the King Chronicles and the Magnus Chase books so that you get teased to different parts of his world without it affecting that book or that series directly. It's also a good idea to have as much of the series written as possible for world building consistency. I think a good example of this is when you have a plotter like Brandon Sanderson, his worlds are very consistent in how he structures things. And very connected between the different worlds. On the other hand, a lot of the criticism that Harry Potter has brought down has been that the world and the magic is inconsistent because it changes throughout the story. Characters are calling Voldemort by his name in the first book, But by the last few books, that's taboo. This type of inconsistency with those kind of details can be avoided if you've written as many books as possible after that one, or at least plotted that many books out. But in all of everything, with all of your marketing adventures that you're going on and thinking about how you're going to market not only this book, but the next books in your series to keep that undercurrent of fandom... There is one important ingredient you need to keep your sights on. Write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 